Welcome back to another episode of the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm Angela Houck, and today is another solo episode, so you just got me, but first, it's about six in the morning, and you know who is hanging out with me, my Four Simatic Coffee. This is the coffee that I am totally, totally obsessed with, guys. This Lion's Mane coffee has my brain on fire all of the time when I'm trying to get shit done, trying to be productive, trying to just, you know, get my day going. I absolutely love it. So if you guys want to give it a try, you're going to want to head on over to forcematic.com and use the discount code ANGEHOUK, that's A-N-G-E-H-A-U-C-K. All right, so let's get into today's episode. We are talking all about fat loss plateaus. So this is when the scale will not move and you're getting frustrated as fuck. You're like, why are you not moving? You step on the scale, you've been trying so hard and you're like, what in the world is going on? I'm gonna give you guys some strategies to help bust through those plateaus and really get you to the other side so you can start to make progress again. So. Number one, you might need to reassess your caloric intake. So essentially to lose weight, we need to drop the calories. So let's say, for example, you've been dieting on a certain amount of calories. And at first it was really responsive. You were seeing the scale move. Everything was progressing. At some point, you're probably going to have to go lower. And in terms of making slashes to your calories, we really do want to do the minimal effective dose. So instead of going and being like, hey, let's bring those calories down by another like 200, I like to just make small incremental changes. So maybe drop it by 50 calories, maybe drop it by 75 calories, but you really do only want to move the needle just a teeny tiny bit. And that'll just allow that you're able to continue to make progress and only have to go as low as what your body really requires to be able to get those results. So that is the first thing. So yeah, just small incremental decrease to your total intake of calories. And that would be the first thing that I would start. Now, how low is too low? So we're going to dive into when we might want to take a diet break, or maybe when we might want to shift into muscle building mode. But I think some people have it in their mind that they can't go any lower than 1200 calories or they think that 1200 calories is like the magical number, particularly for females. Now, I'm going to be completely honest. Some of my really tiny girls who step on stage around 100 pounds or even 110 pounds, we do drop it lower than 1200. Um, If you have a sedentary job, Sometimes we drop it lower than 1,200, and is that ideal? No, but sometimes to get to the levels of leanness that you might want to get to, you might have to go lower than 1,200. Yes, that is extreme. Yes, that's not something that the average lifestyle client is going to dive into, but it is a reality that some people need to know. Some people are either too scared to go below the 1,200 mark Or they just think that like 1,200 is this magical number. So that's something that I do want to clear out. You may have to go lower than that. Now, ideally, you don't want to feel like shit for too long. So if you are already feeling like crap and you still have a ways to go on your weight loss journey, like quite a bit, like maybe you still need to lose 30 pounds or 40 pounds or 50 pounds, you're already down to really low calories, then perhaps you're shifting into diet break mode or shifting into muscle building mode. 
but really it depends on how much further you have to go. If you only have to go a couple of more pounds, then don't be afraid to go underneath that 1200 mark, at least temporarily. And then from there, do your reverse diet or your recovery diet out of it. But uh, if you got a long way to go and you're already really low in calories, in that case, I don't really recommend that you continue to go lower. I would probably suggest that you go into diet break mode or you go into muscle building mode, which I'm going to explain a little bit further down into the podcast. So determine your caloric needs based on how much further you have to go in your weight loss journey. Next one reassess your sleep and stress levels. So when it comes to busting through fat loss plateaus, guys, often people are only ever focused on what do I have to do with my nutrition and what do I have to do with my exercise? And I can let you know that sleep and stress are just as important as those other two components. So it's really, really important, guys, that if you're seeing that things are not moving and you're stuck when it comes to a fat loss plateau, I really suggest that you examine what's going on with your sleep and what's going on with your stress levels. Are you getting an adequate amount of sleep each night? So generally I suggest nothing less than six. Six is still kind of the bare minimum. Generally seven to eight is kind of that sweet spot for people, but even six, especially if you're deep into a contest prep, can be enough to still keep you going. But that's one thing that you want to make sure is handled before you get too crazy with your calories or get too crazy with your exercise. So make sure you're getting adequate amounts of sleep. I also really do suggest that you go to bed at the same time and try to wake up at the same time as often as possible. And that's generally just so that your circadian rhythm can start being in sync with your body and move nicely with your body. So getting into that really good routine, you'll find that you'll naturally be waking up at the same time each morning. Morning, and that's a really good spot to be. So that's one thing. Now stress levels. So particularly depending on what time of the year it may be or particularly what you have going on in your life at the moment, if you're really, really stressed out, you may find that your body is just not changing. And instead of trying to change your calories or trying to do more workouts, sometimes we just need to find ways in which we're going to manage our stress better. So Some of the ideas that I have in that department to help manage your stress, you may find some stress-relieving activities. You might have more baths. I know for me, I love having Epsom salt baths and just kind of unwinding at the end of the day. So making that a priority is something that I suggest. Also go for a massage, go for a walk, just something that you find really stress relieving. Maybe you like to dance, maybe you like to go out and hit some balls at the golf course. What's something that really is nice and stress free for you that is able to bring your body back into better balance? So that's something that I suggest. The other thing to keep in mind, guys, is that exercise, especially high intensity exercise, is also stress on the body. Sometimes we want to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and doing more and doing more. And unfortunately, the body just will not respond because we're doing too much. We're asking too much of it. So sometimes we need to actually scale back on the amount of exercise to continue to see results in our body. So maybe right now you're doing three or four really high intensity, 
high stress workouts per week. Often what we can do is we can scale that back. Maybe we'll drop it by 50% or maybe even just scale it back by one session. And that's one thing that can be really, really helpful for the body as well. I do want to make mention that what ends up happening when we're really stressful or when we are going through high stress periods of our life, our hormones are all out of whack, guys. So we see that the cortisol is raised really, really high. We see that like all of our adrenaline hormones and even just um, yeah, all of the signals within our body, instead of functioning optimally, they're all getting confused and messed up. And that's something that we need to take into consideration before we get all hyper-focused on the amount of food that we're consuming. It's important that our stress is at bay, and it's also important that our sleep is at bay. Next one. So I really, really am a big proponent of flexible dieting and counting your macros in my fitness pal. So perhaps you're not tracking, perhaps you're just eating intuitively. So introducing MyFitnessPal into your life could be a strategy that's really, really helpful. So this will allow you to track your current intake, see what things are looking like in terms of your amount of calories, and really make you be aware of the amounts that you're consuming. It creates that tool of accountability, creates that tool of awareness. It's really important, guys, too, that when you're tracking, you're really honest with yourself. So really, was that one tablespoon of peanut butter or was it two? right? And that's where I actually suggest that instead of tracking in tablespoons and cups, that you track with it using tools of grams and ounces. So this is using a digital scale to track your food and be really accountable to the portions that you're consuming. If we're not accountable and we're not being honest when we're tracking in our MyFitnessPal, it's really hard to go in and make changes to the amount that you're consuming because perhaps you're not being 100% honest with the numbers that you're computing within the app. So maybe you are tracking in your MyFitnessPal, but you're not tracking using grams or ounces, and that's something that you may want to give a try to to bust through that fat loss plateau because just that level of precision can really, really help people. I know for clients that I work with, when they're ready to graduate into being a little bit more particular and us being a little bit more precise with the grams and ounces, we really can see them bust through those plateaus pretty easily because now we have that really good tool of accountability. We have that accuracy and it really is the most efficient way to get to the goal because if we're kind of hemming and hawing, going back and forth and not having that level of accuracy, we'll feel like we're stuck for a long period of time and that can be incredibly frustrating for people. So I really do recommend that you go in, you're tracking grams and ounces. I know it's more time consuming when you're first getting started with it, but you will get yourself to a place where you can very easily look at portions of food and be very accurate in terms of the grams and ounces that it's going to be. I know for me, I've weighed a lot of foods a lot of times, so I'll grab a handful and I can almost pretty much get right down to the nitty gritty saying that is for sure 25 grams of this, that's 130 grams of that, just because I've done it so many times. So really tracking and using a scale is a way to eventually get yourself to a place of being very intuitive with your eating. But when you're first getting started or when you're stuck and you really need to get through that fat loss plateau, it's something that can be really helpful. All right. So 
Next one is working through a period of a diet break. So I do want to talk a little bit more about the diet break thing. And there is quite a bit of research that is behind diet breaking now, guys. But essentially, I had Lane Norton and he was on the podcast and he talked a little bit about diet breaking. But I want to give this another revisit in today's conversation just to give you guys it as a tool if you're stuck. So what you'll do is you'll take your current body weight. You'll multiply it by 14, and then you will take one to two weeks at this amount of calories. So you still keep your protein, your carbs, your fats at the percentages that they're at. Generally, carbs and fats are where you want to increase your calories from during this period of time. But for example, if you're eating 130 grams of protein, you want to keep that number pretty consistent. You're just pulling up your calories to 14 times your body weight and then sitting there for a period of time. Now, you may even choose to do three weeks. Maybe you're going on a vacation and a diet break would be perfect for you to be able to have a little bit of more freedom, have a little bit more flexibility throughout that period of time. But it's essentially a time of being away from being in a deficit, a time away from trying to get your body to respond. And then you'll return back to deficit land afterwards. And this is often why I suggest trying to lose fat for a longer period of time versus trying to be incredibly aggressive really quickly. I really suggest being patient, having a couple of these diet breaks throughout the period of dieting, and your metabolism will also be positioned in a way better spot. So if things are stuck, calories are pretty low, or even if calories are only moderately low, diet breaking is something that I do often suggest working in. The other thing that you might try is if you know that you have something going on socially, like Maybe Christmas is coming up or maybe you have a vacation or maybe you have something coming up in your life like just a busy social schedule, especially if you're listening to this heading into summer, guys. You may have it that you are going to the cottage for a week or maybe you have a couple of weddings that you have to attend. So you might as well set your calories up for success and just plan that those guys are going to be diet break weeks for you anyways. So once again, 14 times your body weight, anywhere from one to two weeks at those numbers maybe even up to three weeks, just depending on what you have going on, and then you'll come back into deficit land. Now, when you come back into deficit land, first come back to the amount of calories that you were dieting on prior to doing your diet break. Things aren't moving, then maybe you'll go a little bit lower from there. But you do want to make sure that you're coming back to the amount of calories that you were dieting at prior to, because it's very possible that that will be enough to stimulate the fat loss phase again and get things moving. So that is diet break. Next is managing your expectations. So essentially, guys, one to two pounds per week. And if you guys have ever checked out my Instagram account, you know that I kind of show what realistic fat loss looks like. So it is not a pretty little line going all the way on on a very linear pattern. It's not like that at all. It is up, down, left, and right, especially for women who are going to have hormonal fluctuations, who are going to have water retention, who are going to have all this funky shit that happens in our bodies that really affects what the scale is saying. So if that's you and you're kind of expecting in your brain that things are going to happen very linearly, it's really important that you manage your own expectations about what is realistic. And that means that when you're setting yourself up for a fat loss phase, guys, give yourself a fuck ton of time. Do not try to race the process. 
So instead of trying to diet for eight weeks, why not diet for 20 weeks and let it be a really slow process? It's so much better when you do it that way, guys. The process is way less painful. It is a lot more sustainable. And you're really just in a position of success for the long term. And that's really what I want for all of you guys. So that's the next one too, guys. Just managing those expectations, making sure that you're not being really unrealistic about what you're asking of your body. Guys, like being like, I'm going to drop 20 pounds this month. That's just silly, right? Most people are not going to be able to achieve that. And if you are going to be able to achieve it, you're not going to be able to stay there. So really just manage those expectations. Next one I want to talk about is increasing your weight. So it's possible that you've been going to the gym and and you've been doing the same weights for a period of time. And that's another reason why things might be stalled. So you may be in a position where things aren't moving simply because you're doing the same thing, right? Your body is built to adapt to what it is that you do. So if you've been picking up those 15 pound dumbbells over and over and over, doing the same movements over and over and over, you may need to increase your weights And it's not that you need a brand new program. It's not that all of a sudden you need to get rid of the squats in your program or you need to get rid of the shoulder presses in your program. Continue with the foundational exercises that you've been doing. Just grab some heavier weights so that you're creating that progressive overload on your body. You want to be challenged. You want your body to have to work. You want to be in a position where you're making your body have to, again, be pushed to its limits and then adapt to what it is that it's doing. So that is one thing that can be really helpful with getting unstuck. Next one is increasing your cardio and your movement. So I actually think that both of these guys are important, but I think movement is more important than cardio. So yes, if you're currently doing three cardio sessions at 30 minutes per week, increasing the amount of cardio that you're doing can help you bust through a fat loss plateau. But even more so in terms of a bigger impact is that movement piece, guys. So this is where Fitbits and activity trackers can be really, really helpful. So I will often, with my clients, get them to just kind of track what is their daily movement. Maybe they're only doing 1,000 steps a day or 2,000 steps a day or whatever that number is. And before we'll adjust their amount of cardio for the week, I'll just get them to move more. So I'll be like, hey... Your new daily step goal is going to be 2,500 or even better than that. I like to give them a weekly goal because you may find on work days, it might not be as easy for you to get as many steps in, but on the weekend or into the evening, you may find that you have more time. So I'll be like, hey, what's your total for the week? Okay, so your total for the week is 20,000 steps. So now let's make your total for the week um, 25,000. Okay, so that's something that you guys can try as well. And you don't need a fancy Fitbit. You don't need an activity tracker that's super expensive. Even a lot of iPhones will track your steps. Maybe they're not 100% accurate, but don't spend a lot of money on it, guys. You just need something that's pretty simple in this department, and then you can create a goal for yourself. And again, similar to when we were slashing the calories, we only want to do that minimal effective dose. So you only want to increase by a little bit set that very realistic within reach goal for yourself. And then from there, you can continually inch it up as you're working towards your fat loss plateau. So movement is super, super important. It would definitely be something I would want you guys to try if you're finding that you're feeling stuck. 
and cardio, increasing that can also help. You do want to make sure that whatever the increase is, is something that is sustainable for you. So if you all of a sudden are like, I'm going to do cardio on the treadmill seven days a week and I'm going to do 90 minute sessions, if that's not sustainable for you guys, that's maybe not your best option to bust through that fat loss plateau. Whereas if you could see yourself taking your dog for a longer walk every night, that may be a habit that's very sustainable for you. Or maybe you and your partner are going to go on the weekends and you're going to explore some trails or you're going to find ways in which you can add more movement to your life that could be new habits for you. That's really what it comes back to. What is something that I could see myself continuing with beyond this fat loss phase? So that's the next one, increasing your cardio and your movement. Next one, increasing your water intake. And really, I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the fat loss plateau, but I was just kind of jotting down all these notes in front of me here. But increasing your water intake is a big one. I start with a lot of clients that are not drinking anywhere near enough water. So increasing your daily water intake can really help all the systems of the body function better, especially when it is so hot out, guys. It's really, really important that your hydration is a priority. There's this water jug for even from Walmart that's like $3 that I think it's like two and a half liters and I will carry that bad boy around with me all of the time and it just makes sure that I'm continually drinking enough water. I know for me if I have a smaller water jug I am way less likely to fill it up. But when I'm carrying around a larger jug, I know it's a constant reminder to keep on drinking. If it's already filled up, I'm just way more apt to continue with it. So that might be something for you guys to try. Go pick yourself up a big jug, carry it around, prioritize your hydration, and you may find that that is something that can help with getting the scale to move once again for you. Okay, next one is looking beyond the scale at other markers of progress. So for those that followed my contest prep journey, you know that there was lots of weeks when things were all over the mark where I either gained weight, but then I lost inches on my waist or just things could have happened, right? So there's lots of factors that can contribute to what the scale weight is saying. And that's something to be very aware of. So are you measuring around your legs? Are you measuring around your hips? Are you measuring around your waist? Are you taking note of are you sleeping better? Are you feeling better? Is your digestion better? Are there other things in your life that are functioning better that maybe fat loss is not something to be super hyper focused on? Maybe you're going to shift your focus into do my clothes fit better? Am I now fitting into a different size of clothing? So those are all things that can really play a factor into it, especially if you're somebody who's been doing some weightlifting um, and building some muscle, you may be going through a body recomposition and you may be seeing that the scale isn't moving all too much, but your body is looking really different. So take some pictures, guys, and take pictures with as minimal amount of clothing as what you feel comfortable with, because the more skin that you see, the more you're able to see what's actually happening in the body. Often those pictures, when we put them side by side, months down the line, clients will sit and they'll be like, oh my god, I didn't know that that much change was happening within my body and taking those pictures can be a way that you're really able to see what it is that's going on. So take your pictures, take your measurements, analyze what's going on with your clothing because sometimes the scale's not moving but there's some big shifts that are happening and that's something that you want to be aware about. 
Okay, next one, increasing your protein intake. So calorie for calorie, although carbs and proteins are both um, four calories for one gram of carbs and protein, your body needs to work really darn hard to break down protein. So often what can happen for people is if we increase their protein a little bit, naturally your body's gonna burn more calories for that day. So what ends up happening is they don't change the amount of calories that they're consuming, they just shift from all of the carbs that they're consuming into eating some more protein, and bam, bam, boom, things start moving in your body. Do you have to eat astronomical amounts of protein? No, absolutely not. You don't need to get all crazy and start doing like two times your body weight, but it's not a bad idea to try one times your body weight in protein of the calories that you're consuming and see how you make out. Now, I do sell a flexible dieting guide on my website. It's your guide to being really successful with counting macros. So you guys can head on over to AngelaHauk.com if you're interested in checking that out. Within the guide, it shows you how to calculate your macros, how to figure out what they should be for carbs, fats, and protein. So that may be something, if you're not sure where to start with your macros, you can head on over and check that out. And the last thing, guys, is you may be ready for a build. So this isn't about getting really bulky, ladies, guys. This is just shifting your focus away from dieting, shifting into either maintaining your weight or maybe gaining a couple of pounds and taking six to eight months, yes, I said it, six to eight months, building some muscle. If you've been dieting for a long period of time, guys, you really do need that season where your muscles are going to grow. You need that season where you're going to plant the seeds, where when you lean out again, things are going to look better. Things are going to look tighter. You're going to see more ridges. Really, this is a part of the year or a part of every couple of years that you really want to prioritize the way that you prioritize your fat loss. If you continually keep on losing weight and you're not looking any better, you're just kind of making a smaller version of yourself, very possible that you need to build some more muscle to create a better overall appearance of your body. So if things aren't moving, you're already at low calories, and especially if you're going into some winter months where you're going to be hiding in sweaters and, and jeans and all that stuff, shift into maintenance mode, build some muscle, guys. You will not regret it. Your metabolism will be positioned that much better. You will come out when it comes to springtime and summertime and look that much better. And really, you'll just be positioned to go into a fat loss phase and kick some serious ass. So those are all of my fat loss plateau tips, guys. I am really glad that you guys decided to listen to today's episode. You know I love having you here. If there's somebody in your life who you know could use this information, who just keeps on mentioning to you that they're frustrated and stuck, you definitely want to send this their way. And I do wanna just close off today's episode by letting you guys know that I have a big announcement that's coming out in this week's YouTube that I'm very excited about. You know me, it's really hard for me to keep secrets. So I wanted to share it with you guys today, but I can't. 
because I decided, and I told you guys on Instagram, that I wasn't going to tell you till Sunday. So that's one thing that's coming down the pipeline. I got some badass interviews that are coming your way very soon. I have Jonathan Goodman, who is the creator of the Personal Trainer Development Center and the Online Trainer Academy. I have Katie Ann Rutherford, who is the world natural bodybuilding champion for figure. So I have her coming on. I have Jenna Smith, who's coming on, who is just absolutely incredible. She is all about being spiritually strong and yeah, those interviews are going to be coming down the pipeline very soon, guys. So thanks again for tuning in. I love you and we will catch you on next week's episode. Bye for now.